Who gives a shit? He wasn't going to help us. Well, of course not. You sounded insane. Oh, it is insane. If he's alive, where is he? He's probably back at my house. Wondering where the hell I am. Taxi! Your house? Taxi! Oh. Wait a minute. Wait, what am I doing? Taxi! I don't believe for one minute that he's at your apartment. Oh, boy, are you going to shit cement? Taxi! Taxi! If Michael is anywhere, I assure you, he is at my place. Taxi! Taxi! Oh, you believe that? I believe that he loved me. That he barely knew you and your your fantasizing uh, relationship that is probably an isolated, drunken encounter. Isolated? Isolated? Hey, this girl does not have one night stands. Every guy I have ever slept with, and we are way into double digits here, has come back for more. Every single one. You want to get me, right? Uh, okay, give her a try. Go. Give her a try. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Bob and weave, honey. Bob and weave. Oh, dresses you back. anyway. Right. Okay. Talk about dingbats. They'll lead us right to him. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Welcome, listeners, boys and girls, and everybody in between. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And these are the movies that made us gay. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we're doing a movie that, I mean, I feel like this was always on the list of, like, episodes and movies that we would do within, like, the first... 10 to 15 episodes. It was week. in my original, like, pitch. It was on your original, podcast. like, like poster art for the podcast. Yes, it was. Way back in, in, in the day, like, two years ago. But we finally got to it. Yes. We watched Outrageous Fortune with our good friend, Greg Lake. Greg! Hey. Hey. Welcome to the Welcome show. Welcome to the show, Greg. Welcome. So, you wanted to do Outrageous Fortune. See. A movie that... Pete and I love. I feel like Pete and I bonded about Outrageous Fortune, I feel like, the first night that we met. Did we? Yeah. How did you guys even come across it? Because you're... <laughs> the movie's older than you guys, yeah? Older but, than him, not me. Older than oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, not quite. I was... One. I was a baby. Yeah. I was one. Is it 87? 87. Jeez Louise. Yeah, this movie, was, this movie was released January 30th, 1987. Oh my god. Directed, oh, by, my birthday. Yeah, directed <laughs> by Arthur Hiller... Written by Leslie Dixon, movies that made us gay all star. She wrote Overboard. Yeah. Oh wow. And when you kind of hear the script, okay, and you hear that, you're just kind of like, yeah, that tracks. Well, she has that really witty style of writing, that banter back and forth. Yeah. That you get a lot in this movie. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of banter in this, but there's a lot of business. For lack of a better word, a lot of a big business. Hello, yes. no, yeah. but there's there's a lot of uh, stuff going on that we're gonna get to later on. There's but, so much going on in this oh movie. Oh my god! Um, yeah, outrageous fortune, Jesus. I mean, Bet was in the middle of her uh, contract with Touchstone Pictures when she made this movie. She did her movies with Touchstone. It was sure. this big business beaches. 
Okay. Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. All Touchstone movies. Sure. So she got, like, a four-picture deal. Yeah. With, essentially, Disney. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. right? And this is one of them. This is one of the early ones, though. 87. Well, yeah, and Beaches was so drastically different from all these other ones. And that was, I yeah. think, 89. Yeah. Okay. Beaches. Yeah. So it was her probably last one with Touchstone, then. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, come on. Big business, though? Classic. Get out of here. So good. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I would say, gun to my head, I'm at the video store. I have the lineup of all of the Bette Midler movies. Sure. I think, I'm, I think I'm picking Outrageous Fortune. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. right. I think it's a really good juice of that. <laughs> yes. The good news is, like, anything with Bette Midler has never let us down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. So, even though, like, uh, what was it? Um... Down and out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, like yes. my yeah, moment sure. of Bette Midler, but still enjoyable because of Bette Midler. Yeah, for sure. Same with, and I know it's not part of this package, but same with the Ruthless People. Oh, Ruthless People. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I, I always just also... know Ruthless People from the VHS box art at the video store. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, because it was because of the masks. The masks. Say, and was it was like it was like a cartoon drawing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, this is the golden age of, like, light comedies with maybe, like, an animated uh, opening credit yes. sequence. Show- great <laughs> opening credit sequence in this movie. Great opening credits in this movie, but, you know, Shelley Long in, uh, you know, True Beverly Hills. Oh, that's still my favorite show. And yeah. also, Shelley Long just fresh off of leaving... Leaving Cheers. Leaving, leaving Cheers. Fucked off from Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> so she was kind of trying to find... Movie vehicles with mixed results. Yeah. But I feel like this movie did make money. Too. Yeah. I think, it was a, I think it was a semi-hit yeah. for Touchstone. Well, I mean, we're going we're gonna to talk about the Oprah interview, but this movie had to... Were they specifically talking about this movie, or was it just a bet retrospective where, she was, where it was brought up? I don't know. So, I feel like they were on to talk about, or Bet was on right around this time. Maybe it was on for like beaches or yeah, something. Yeah, interesting. Have you ever seen the interview that we're talking about on Oprah? Where it's just Bet on Oprah. She was probably doing press for beaches or something, and they're doing questions from the audience. And this gay asked her, like, oh, I loved you in Outrageous Fortune. When are you, like, do you have any plans to reunite with Shelley Long? <laughs> and she straight up is just like, Nope. No. <laughs> Next question. And that's what it's like. And she's just like, yeah, that was hard. Because that's that seems to be Beth style. Obviously, I don't know her personally. But, yeah, you're on a press tour for this, blah, blah, blah. Everybody has said notoriously how Shelley Long yeah. is horrible to work with. Yeah. Supposed to be a, a big old pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah. A big old diva, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you've had hits. I like Hello Again. I liked... Yeah. Uh, the house. Uh, oh, uh, the money pit. The money, money pit. pit. Yeah. Like, she did good things. Yeah. However, if you a bitch, you're only going to go so far. <laughs> and Bette Midler is and, a straight shooter. And she stole <laughs> this movie from oh, yeah. She steals it from under, yeah, under the rug. I mean, I think it's, I think it's chemistry that maybe works better that these two women just hate each other. Because it just <laughs> works to the characters. It does. Too. But then that's a testament to their acting because at yeah. the end where they're supposed to be like BFFs, like yes. almost lesbian lovers, yeah. like they are, <laughs> they sell it that they actually like each other now. True. Yeah. True. You see the arc of the two of them. Right. Is, yeah, for sure. 
But who got top billing? Oh, Shelly uh, did. That. So in the version that we watched that you could just rent off Amazon, it was Shelly. But I was reading both Shelly Long and Bette Midler were promised top billing when they signed on to do the movie. However, neither was willing to give up top billing to the other. To compromise, Long allegedly received top billing in advertising west of the Mississippi, and Midler received the honor. What? Wow. So when they showed this in the theater, depending on what area of the country you lived in, either of them got top billing. That's crazy. Wow. So 87, I was Florida, so we would have had that at the top. So... Supposedly, this agreement extended through the original Laserdisc and VHS title of the movies when discs shipped to the realtors. In the West, it featured Shelley Long, and in the East, the discs were bad. That's interesting. Um, We have a VHS of this. We'll have to... Oh, we should check it. We'll have to check that out. I bet that it's probably Shelley. I got our VHS at a... Did I get it out of the... No, I think I got it out of the closet. Yeah. For like uh, a dollar. But I wonder what the original one was. Exactly. It, it does not look like a previously viewed blockbuster because it has the original art. Blockbuster did not sell previously viewed yeah. with the original box art. So it looks like someone purchased it. Okay. And then just resold it. I mean, I kind of... Exactly. I mean, I kind of feel like Bet should be top built in the movie. But the movie does begin with Shelly, though. It starts it with Shelly. I would say diplomatically... Never seen this movie before in my life. I would say Shelley Long Shelley's character, the principal uh, lead, Lauren. Yeah, did we I decide mean, her name was Lauren? I mean, we just re- at yeah about the eighty minute mark of this movie. <laughs> we decided I mean, we her just name was Lauren. we just refer to them both as Shelley and Lauren and Shelley and Beth. Yeah, Shelley and Beth. I feel like you know diplomatically, if I'd never seen this, I would say that the Shelley Long Lauren character is the lead. And well, yeah, because Beth didn't even come into like the fifteen minute mark. Exactly, but she does do the classic kind of a sidekick scene stealing performance. True. Yeah. You know, she's she's she takes the movie. So she we, she has better, yeah. You know, better one liners, and her her character just gives a little bit more because she's the 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 sassy, you know, brassy one, I guess. Okay, so I wanted to back up a little bit. Sure. Uh, what were our first memories of Outrageous Fortune? Because it's funny, when we talk about this movie with people, even around Pete and I's age, kind of in between us, I'm always shocked with the amount of gay men that have never seen this movie. Sure. Because it's very specific. Yeah. So what were all of our introductions to this movie? Greg, go ahead. Guest. I don't recall my first introduction to the right. film. However, I do know that my first boyfriend um, <laughs> loved this film. So that's probably whenever I first recall at least re-watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, like I told people before, I remember the beginning. I don't remember anything else in between. Yeah. And then I remember the ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you do remember, like, Shelly had some good lines. Bet probably had the better lines. So if you're, like, a sassy gay, you're going to be <laughs> quoting Bette Midler. And everybody remembers, I know it's a little further ahead in the movie, but everybody, everybody remembers Bette Midler looking down and being like, that's a fucking pencil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what the hell? That's well, not his. No way. Look at that. It's too small. It's a fucking pencil. 
Well, where's the appendix scar? And that little mole! Like, that's how you identify somebody is like, <laughs> that's a fucking pencil. Yes. Um, you know, this is this movie is pre-OJ trial, so apparently there's no DNA evidence is required. Or dental records. To identify a body. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It she, was a wallet. Yeah. They found a wallet. Then we're, we're sure. It's a wallet. I guess it checks out. <laughs> so I remember catching the last half of this movie on yeah. the Lifetime channel for women. Television for And it was when they get to uh, the Southwest. When they get to New Mexico. Yeah. And just being like, what? What is this movie? I love Bette Midler. (laughs) Like, this movie's hilarious. And I feel like I had to wait until I just caught it at the beginning on cable. Yeah. Because it would be shown about once a month, I would say, on Lifetime. (laughs) And that's when I watched the whole thing. Okay. Sure. And, yeah, like, I just remembered thinking that Bette Midler's delivery of everything was so funny. Yeah. And that's what stuck with you. And that's what, like, just stuck with this movie. Yeah. And, yeah. What about you, Pete? Uh, I've spoken on this podcast about uh, my family's idea of um, daisy-chaining our movie camera. Mm Mm-hmm. To our VCR. Oh, shit. To therefore record right. whatever we rented from the video store. <laughs> and turning our rentals into our home library. And so this was part of that situation. Some could call it pirating. I would not call it that. Uh, but <laughs> you definitely weren't reading the FBI warning at the beginning of the tape. Uh, there was an FBI warning at the beginning. Of the did they even have them all the way back in the day? I yeah, think they there did. was. There yeah, were. I know yes. my dad was deathly scared. <laughs> it was red because they would always record soap operas, and they're like, "Are we even allowed?" Like to they just show off sporting the TV? events. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. just show sporting events on the V on the mm-hmm. on the manual. And he's like, "So don't tell anybody." And I'm like, yeah. "Wow, it's that serious?" But I don't recall back in the day. And I remember our very first video store that opened up, mm-hmm. and I don't recall them coming with FBI warnings at the beginning. I know later on they did, especially when they started selling them. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the early days, I couldn't say. But I do know that somebody had the genius idea of, you know, like I said, you, all you do is you daisy chain your movie camera to your VCR, to the TV, Bing, bang, boom. Right. You got a movie. I learned quickly the VCR to VCR. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once we got two VCRs in the house, then we figured that out. So we were, you know, we did this. And you always had to have a blank tape handy when they were doing HBO free preview weekend. Oh, oh get yeah. out of here. That's when you get all preview. the good shit. Yeah. And then you yeah. put it on super long play, which you had like the worst quality on earth. SLP, but get out of here. You we got, got those movies. four movies <laughs> on there. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we were yeah we were kings of that. So this is how we got outrageous fortune, and um, you know, as a kid, so in '87, I'm nine, ten, and I feel like we probably got it pretty new. And uh, yeah, bet love the lines. I feel like to me, Shelley Long's character Lauren is just she represents to me. This East Coast, you know, very waspy, educated woman. And Sandy, the Bette Midler character, whilst also very East Coast. And to me, this, like, SoCal, like, L.A. kid, 
looking at the two of them going like, what is this? What are these women? What are these archetypes? I don't, I don't have these women in my life. Well, and the funny thing is, is looking in my life, like Shelley Long would be my waspy upbringing. Right. However... I didn't like Waspy <laughs> Shelly. Yeah. I wanted fucking sassy ass. I mean, yeah. it's a gay thing. I don't know. Yeah. As a kid, I probably didn't identify with that. But at least was like, who is this? That I want to be her. Yes. I want to be somebody who come up the call up the fucking telephone company and be Howie. like, Howie. I have two, make three, no, two minutes to wheel myself out and pay you. Sandy Brzezinski, who's this? Howie. Okay, Howie. I'm holding in my hand this thing. He says you're going to turn off my phone at noon. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to tell you something. I just got out of the hospital. I get home after two months of intensive care. They wheel me into my building. I open my mailbox. I find your thingy screaming at me. I have till 12 noon today. Hey, no. You listen. You listen. I just opened the damn thing. I just now laid eyes on it for the first time. What was I supposed to do? Have him unhook the life support machine so I could pay my bills? Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so now I have three. Now make that two minutes to write a check and wheel myself down to your office. Howie, is that the drill? Twenty-four hours? Twenty-four big ones. All right, Howie, you were a prince among men. I mean it. I want to have your child. Yeah, bye. Out of intensive care? You want me to unhook myself right? from life support? I mean, it, I guess that's just how Bette Midler speaks to gay men. She's always had. Yeah. She always had. But because her starting was She's always had that, yeah? It? Yes. And yeah, mm-hmm. the, the classic story is her singing. And I just can imagine going to a bathhouse and seeing this broad... What is she singing? She's singing like, you gotta have friends. She like, like <laughs> and it's a bathhouse. Like, how many, like, that would be a tough crowd. Because it's like, you're crowd. sucking dick and Nobody's, I'm still trying to get your attention. Nobody's like, paying attention. Listen to me singing and performing on stage yeah. while you're trying to get your, your juice off. Exactly. But listen, you know, her character in Big Business is, you Which know. One? Well, that's the thing. Rose or Sadie? You know, Sadie is your, um, what is, uh, uh, the Devil Wears Prada. She's the Miranda Priestley. She's the Miranda Priestley. Get tougher rats. Get tougher rats. You look like a blood clot. (laughs) Um, Is that how we dress for the outfits? (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, you know, director of Devil Wears Prada, you fucking ripped off this movie, first of all, with everybody, you know preparing for Miranda walking in the office. She's playing such different characters in these movies, but she is the one that I just zoned in on. And yeah. I don't know what it was. Even just when she's mugging in the back of the acting class, your eye just goes right. Oh, yeah. They would your have eye the, just goes right to bat. <laughs> they would have the two scenes. shot of Shelly Shelley in the front row and yeah. Bette in the back row, which I think is genius because they would definitely be in those positions. Yes. Um, you do. You kind of lose Shelly and go straight to Bet's reaction. Yeah. And the thing is, when you watch it now, Shelly Long is good. She is. Yeah. Her, her performance is good. It's There's some funny stuff in there. She's, 
you know, the whole idea of the character as an actress. So and when she goes voices. into like like performance yeah. pieces in the movie, like yeah. she's pretending to be a cop. Yeah. Or when she kind of is mocking Sandy and does like mm-hmm. funny little. Gee, you think it would be an actress? I be an actress. Yeah, like she's good. She's keeping up. But yeah. we're here. We're here for Sandy. Stop! Please do not screech at anyone else. I am trying to prepare for an audition here. Thank you. Oh, yeah? What for? In a workshop with Stanislav Korzanowski. Who's that? Only one of the great geniuses of the theater. Now, if you don't mind, hey, maybe I should audition for him too. I'm an actress. Oh. <laughs> hey, no, I'm a pro. I bet I'm more of a pro than you. Uh-huh. Well, I just made 2500 bucks doing a movie. Yeah. That's where I've seen you. It has been driving me crazy. You saw Ninja Vixens? I, uh, must have. Huh. Well, this whole acting thing's been going pretty good. I mean, it's all just bullshitting, right? Actors are just bullshitters who get paid. Where do I sign up? Just exactly what do you think you're going to do in there? I don't know. I'll make something up. You're going in to Stanislav Korzanowski and wing it? Jesus, you'd think I was going to go in and pee on him. Listen to me. You do not audition for a man of Korzanowski's reputation without a prepared classical monologue. That means Shaw, Ibsen, Shakespeare. I'm doing Ophelia's mad scene. I'm not waltzing in off the street saying gee i think i want to be an actress we're here for back <laughs> yeah i still to this day whenever i hear someone in los angeles say that they're an actor i just want to say that actors are just bullshitters that get paid <laughs> you're an actor bullshit him <laughs> actors are just bullshitters to get paid and she says it with such like Disdain. She's you think like, this is yeah. hard? <laughs> well, because she was like, I just got paid, what, 1200 for a movie? Two, 2500 for a movie? Yeah. For Ninja Vixens. Ninja, you, you saw Ninja, Ninja Vixens. Vixens. <laughs> I must have. This, but also, again, that, the delivery of Bette Midler, it's, I'm not going to say it's scattered, but the whole, like, you saw Ninja Vixens. Like, that's a little... It's it's very New York. Like she's, she's doing a very you know she's New York. kind of workshopping this character. Yes, she's a little Brooklyn. It's, she's a little right. It's harsh know. and brass. Yeah, but I think that's also especially in juxtaposition to Shelley Long's waspy yeah. uptight. Like clearly her parents have money. Yes. Clearly she yeah. had a well upbringing. Yeah. What they say she went to fucking Yale or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like fuck you, bitch. She went to Juilliard. Right. Yeah, and it took like a fucking. <laughs> New York street rat who had a better apartment than Shelly. Let's talk about that. I love Beth's apartment in this movie. Right? So cute. So clearly she's doing something right. And she taught Shelly, like, this is how you live in life. Like, you had all this training, blah, 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 but you had no real world experience. Yes. She didn't have the street smarts. She didn't. I think in 1987 in Manhattan, you could be a barmaid and still have a decent loft apartment and survive 
Well, especially a bullshitter and someone who's as personable as Bet is. Yeah. I'm sure she yeah. she brought in that dough. Yeah. She made sure she brought in that dough. Yeah. It would be almost like a drag queen at that time. Where yeah. Shelly being <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. She's... I'm just going to work in this costume department and I'll make you free costumes because <laughs> I haven't had sex in a year. <laughs> right. So it's like, no, Bet's going to get that money, get that paid. Like, yeah. I need this. Because and... I think we're to believe that that bar where she sees the news report. That's right? where she works I at. think she's working. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, too. yeah. And she does mention at another point about like slinging drinks. Yeah. And she always has a hookup. She has a hookup at the telephone company. Howie! Howie. So she always, like, she's, she's resourceful. She she's knows. Not, she, she's, yeah. she makes it clear that she is not paying her phone bill. She's just yes. making excuses now. And again, it's a different time. It's 1987 where you can call the phone company and ask for the last agent you spoke to by name and they just right. connect you. <laughs> and it works. Um, it's This movie starts off with Shelley Long's character because again, for all intents and purposes, she's the lead. Uh, we, we've talked about that she's kind of a, a failed actress, I guess. You know, she's, she's a failed actress. She's burning through her parents' money. Her rich parents' money. How old are they? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, to that's one of those things in the 80s are that they? are we conservative? Because <laughs> it's like, it's it's movie age. Yes. So, are they 34? I want to say... 38? Early 30s. I would say yeah. early to mid. Yeah. However, as a kid watching it, oh, never picked up on that. Never. Never. I never picked up on that they're older, blah, 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 because yeah. they're such relatable characters. Yeah. However, so story structure, they kind of set Ben up to be the villain. And yes. Mm-hmm. When you actually look at it, like, Shelly's kind of the asshole in this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, did you... And I think I always found myself rooting for Bet. To this yeah. day, I still root for Bet. <laughs> uh, and it was like, no, you're kind of the asshole. You're kind of the one who's just like, man, poor me, poor blah, blah, blah. Like, yes. I'm a struggling actor. Fuck it, get it done. Yeah. Use everything to your advantage, which Bet kept saying. Like, you're an actress. Yeah. Use it to your advantage. Yeah. Bullshit. That's right. all you do. And, you know, she... She's trying to get into this acting class with uh, Stanislav, Stanislav Korzanowski. Korzanowski. I, Kors- lo- I have a lot of questions about this character. Korzanowski. Okay. This class, and again, I keep bringing this up. This is 1987. $5,000. That's a lot of goddamn That's money. That's a lot of money for an acting class. That is a lot of... I remember paying like 400 bucks for a groundlings class and being like... Fucking kidding me! Right My now. classes are twenty five hundred. Yeah, like, and that's ten weeks. Yeah, I don't know how long Stanislav's classes are. I mean, I, I hope don't that think I hope weeks. that at least when you <laughs> take this class, he hooks you up with like an agent. I mean, he gives you diphthongs and chokes you out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, this is this is an exorbitant amount of money. But we do learn that there is uh, some kind of a work study because Sandy. Is on scholarship somehow. She's on scholarship. He liked yeah. her enough. Now, did he just like her based on her headshot? Because we do get that cutaway to him. Yeah, and he starts laughing. Like I think she generally like she's a rube. So and he picks her out. Right. So if we took to the major Patsy. arc of the story. Yeah. Major arc would be like who's two people I can use. Yeah. But 
subtle arc would be like at this point we don't know that Michael's fucking both of them. We don't know that there's yes. that part. So yeah. at what point does that kind of figure its way in? Yeah. So at this point, does Stanislav actually like them? Like actually like Bet at least? Yeah. And be like, you're actually gifted. You're funny. Like he actually chuckled when he saw her and he did actually enjoy her. Yes. So, and that's the thing, like, how much is the setup? How much is it is they actually got in their own merit? Which is, like, how did that CIA agent get but, in? Yeah. Like, is he so good that he got in? Which begs my... The other question, Korzanowski is a, a world-renowned actor, director, acting teacher, mm-hmm. also KGB agent, but he, you know, like, he's... Leading this double life, and so his acting person is like, "Okay, I'm doing this class. I'm charging five G's." And that's what <laughs> gets crazy about this movie because is that, it's an audition, yeah, to get to the class. But the the overarching craziness, the, of the overarching movie. craziness of the plot of this movie is just. It's MacGuffin after MacGuffin after MacGuffin. Yes. And yeah. who saw... This is going to jump forward a little bit, but who saw uh, agricultural, like, Neurotoxins. virus? I know. Oh right. Like, them, them, you expect them diamond like, uh, or... Them foiling a terrorist. <laughs> right. Some guys are chasing us because one of them stole a virus that's going to kill and destroy all the plants and all the trees for thousands of miles all the way around. We stole it back, so now they're trying to kill us. You get it? It turns subplot. Into, it turns into like a Kurt Vonnegut, like crazy sci-fi plot, really fast. Um, uh, adjusted for inflation, four thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-seven is equal to. Well, oh, it's five thousand dollars. Five thousand. Oh, so this is even wrong. All right, keep talking, guys. So four thousand is five thousand. No, so no, no, four, no. I I looked up four thousand oh, dollars. But what was that? Because we can still probably figure that out. Well, okay, five thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, is equal to $11,627. That just pays for a semester of school at, like... Well, when you think about it that way, when you think about it that way, it's equal to, quote-unquote, real college. (laughs) Sorry, actors. (laughs) But when you think about it the other way... A liberal arts college. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also equal to a fourth focus. So how long was this fucking workshop? A semester, and it couldn't have been that long Who because knows? clearly they dropped out to find out where Michael is. Like, yeah. and suddenly it had to be over because how do you explain to everybody else? Course is in Albuquerque. Yeah, right. Could you imagine <laughs> all of those all those poor actors? And he said they, it's our three week anniversary when he blew up. So four weeks of acting class, you got one month for five thousand dollars. Those yeah. poor actors that showed up and a half grand. that showed up to that next day of class and. They're just like, where's Coors? Does it, the instructor is gone. It's been 15 minutes. Does this mean we can go home? I mean, <laughs> true story. Because <laughs> that's a real rule, right? <laughs> I've done it. I've done it in college. I feel like we've all Have you done the 15-minute rule? Teacher hasn't showed up? Teacher. Yeah. Professor. Um, and we all look at each other having the debate. Like, should we yeah, go? Should we leave? Should can we, we just go? Are we going to be Mark Dabson? <laughs> um... Well, okay. So now we have to talk about the Peter Coyote character. Uh, oh, God. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, Pete, Peter Coyote, I guess he's hot. I guess he's cute. I uh, guess I buy them pursuing 
Yeah. Him, I like, mean, cross I'm okay. country. I'm okay with it. So, bet. Probably definitely will because apparently, like, he had the biggest dick, like, ever. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Shelly was just desperate for anybody and thought he was, like, sweet, wanted to save the children, and blah, blah, blah. And it's specifically set up that Lauren. Shelly. Lauren, Shelly Lauren. Right. Is uptight. Be- and but she had the kinky sex in the scene. Yeah, like we had still the, had to sit there and figure out what kind of acrobats was this. She fully had. She was he doing fully death had drops. his <laughs> legs spread. He okay. Not he. First of all, he was in a chair. He was in a chair in a seated position with his legs spread open. So he's like. But then you saw his hands and other legs. It is. And so you're like Wait. too much. And then she comes up. So it looked like blowjob positioning, but clearly she must have been laying on the floor. And like some kind of up thrusting yeah. him, and she, then yeah. did a full ab crunch to. But again, we've established which this movie does, and we have we 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 called it out when we watched it. This movie sets up and so pays a lot off of setup and, and payoff covers movie, the, all the bases. Yeah, and the setup for Shelley Long Lauren is ballet, so uh-huh. she can do these. You know, extreme ballet split jumps over long distances, and we saw the fencing. That's the fencing. We saw the fencing. She sucked at the the first gunshot death in class, but then yes. made up for it the second time. It her, sets up her death. Scenes, it sets up Beth's yeah. earring that she took off of a Christmas tree, and that a ninja started <laughs> yeah. like a football field into this dude's head. She, th- okay, uh, a Christmas tree ornament. That she turned into an earring. This has got to be made of aluminum. It's from Saks. It is from Saks. Okay, so maybe... It could be sterling silver for all we know. At that point, it is like weighing down on her earlobe. But yes, she does throw it like an inch of star. And this man turns into the Terminator by the end of this movie. He does. We have... There's a tally of the wounds. (laughs) (laughs) Shot the leg. Arrow, arrow to the arm, arrow to arm, rock in the head, ninja star to ninja the face, star to the face. <laughs> and he yeah. just keeps on kicking. And he's still chasing her across the five fingers, which is this like it's a, a beautiful mat shot. Oh, it's a lovely painting that they that they set up. It's a lovely painting that does not exist in real life, but it looks like it does. They did a really good job of matching it on set. Uh, the jumps at the end. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that, but the. The jumps they they were a little uh, fast and loose with how how wide yes these fingers were apart from each other. But um, was there an original? Was Bet originally like Bet and Shelley the original actresses for the script? So I was reading that Suzanne Summers oh, had done oh my god had signed the contract with Touchstone, and I think she turned the Bet Midler role down. Okay. But it could have been Shelley Long. I see Suzanne Summers more as Shelley Long. Well, because based on the fashion plates we got at the beginning. Yes. So clearly there was a leather clad, leopard clad, sexy, slutty kind of person. Yeah. And we got oversized sweater and jeggings mm-hmm. for Bet. Yeah. Which she was a little puffy, but. Still sexy. Still, yeah. she she owns every part of her. Yeah. But then I'm wondering, like, because these opening images that we get are not 
tantamount to the rest of the they movie? They didn't or... all match up. Some right. of them were out of luck. I mean, this is just what happens when an advertising company does, does your credits, your opening credits, yeah. and they have not watched the movie. <laughs> they gave them. They gave them the stills of you know the the wardrobe fittings, which were not with Shelley and Bet. There were definitely stand-ins. Sure. But they got these stills, and it was definitely a, a Mattel fashion plate situation right. that we saw. And you definitely saw the two different characters in there. Mm-hmm. And then I do like, because they do start to intertwine and pull on each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So I kind of like now, in retrospect, where you think maybe the opening titles don't match the rest of the movie, but maybe they do. Yeah. Because maybe it is a, I take some from you, you take some from me. It's a very actor style thing to to do. And it was like, oh, we're seeing teacher, we're seeing Vixen, and now we're seeing a weird mix of teacher, Vixen. That makes sense. The two of them kind of like pooling their talents. Right. Okay. I like that. I like that. And then George Harlan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh. These whole, all of the scenes... In this crazy, like, old west town that George Carlin lives in. Too much. And that's one of those things that this movie goes from downtown Manhattan, and then 45 minutes later, you're in this small southwest town. With a bordello from the 1800s. Yes. There is a full-on bordello with a madam that's above a bar. And what really pisses me off is the fact that they're in wherever following Michael and they're like oh where's a white guy oh they got him (laughs) and then they pull over all the backgrounds are are white yeah there's not one person of color maybe the kid inside the apartment looks like he's maybe Latino he's a little brown maybe maybe yeah but it was like that's it you're so scared of this city that has like all I see is white dudes when you're walking out. But not only that, is they make they go so out of their way to illustrate how scared Shelly how is. scared they are of you know. Bet's not though. Bet's not because Bet's seen the world. Yes, for sure. She's definitely she's she's lived in Brooklyn. She's lived in Queens. Like you know, who knows where she, what her backstory is? But she's kind of just like. You know, what's a little urine? I mean, you oh, know, what's a little urine? She's had some POC. She's had some water sports. Ben's lived a life at this point. <laughs> when she, when they get to the cab company, she's just like what? Let, she takes the reins. The cab company that looks like they walked onto the set of Taxi. Yes, it really does. Um, but even DC Cabs was like that. You yes, remember that show? Very DC Cab, yeah. Like, for all sure. of them had Super, that aesthetic. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the only aesthetic that like, is ingrained in my head to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think Uber, even though I know it doesn't, I still think Uber has <laughs> they one all of these go back to this garage. You, you yeah. think that there's, like, an office in the garage yeah, up, that, like, some stairs? That Danny DeVito's just sitting Yeah. In. So, okay, so they get mixed up with... They both get mixed up with... Uh, Michael Santos and his big character beat is that he rolls his own cigarettes. Well, also his big character beat is that he loves to fuck. fuck. He loves to fuck. Uh, but separately, he rolls his own cigarettes and the tobacco is hard to find. Only one store in all yes. of Manhattan. One store. I mean, I guess so. 
Which Bet didn't know because Bet was too busy on his junk for yes. and Shelly got to know him. Yes, exactly. Which thank goodness Shelly got to know him. Otherwise, we would have been done with this. We'd movie. have nothing. So the flower shop explosion is out of control. Yeah, this scene. Shelly Long it's is like in it's, a cab. It's like it's in a completely different movie. Totally different. <laughs> Shelly Long is in a cab, the, and the, the camera's outside the cab. Peter Coyote gets out, shuts the cab door. There's a reverse shot of him walking into the flower shop. Reverse back to Shelly Long inside the cab. The, you see the explosion. She's, she delivers Oh, she this said, scream. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is when it just turns... Full Tom Clancy. What movie are we watching? Yeah. Yeah, this is a Tom Clancy movie at this point. A fl- Okay, and granted, she doesn't know that he is this kind of, like, double, triple agent. She doesn't know anything. This is just her boyfriend that walked into her store and swept her off her feet, and they've been just furiously making love for the past three weeks. And he says... Pull over really quick. I'm going to run into this flower shop for no reason. Well, no. Third week anniversary. Oh, third week anniversary. Could you imagine the amount I gotta of i got to go get this took. All of this setup of the of the flower shop. So, so I'm going to pull over cab, uh, cabbie. It's 1987. This is not Uber. You're a cab. You can keep the meter running. I'm going to go inside. The flower shop explodes. You're Shelly Long. This is your, like... Did she have to pay? <laughs> we clearly know she's poor at this point. Like, is that a free pass from the cabbie? Like, your boyfriend just blew up. Just like, you don't have to pay. Uh, what are you thinking? The flower shop exploded? Gas leak? Wizard fight? What do you think? Like, I don't even well, understand. And they never even say anything <laughs> about never, it. They never. They never. And the news, it. like, this would be like Holy. national news. And the news was was like blah 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 with Michael, Michael who blew Sanders. up. Yeah, who blew up and it like full name and everything. Michael Sanders, age thirty eight, social security five four seven. Thirty was a little liberal with that. Right. All right, <laughs> but they give a lot of information on the news for they this. Give a lot of information, <laughs> and Bat sees it at her bar. at her honky tonk that she's wearing. Who in a bar can hear the goddamn TV too? This is true. And she's she's holding court. Yes. at this bar, she's got these tables, and they're like and somewhere. Out I want to say that I, I want to say that they're like sailors. It's a very Blanche Devereaux sailor bar. Yes. She's on, like, a piano. <laughs> she's not. But I like to think that, that she's on a piano. Or, like, or like the one... Full... Or, like, the Michelle one cutaway of... Right. Or, like, the one cutaway of Debbie and Adam's family values. <laughs> with all the sailors in a bar. It's my anniversary. I'll be right back. It's very... Yeah, it's very that. She kind of just... Over, like, the din of everybody. She right. just hears... Michael Sanders. And she's like, shut it! You know, and so so this is how she gets the news. And... Can we talk about how she burst into the hospital? Oh, like, Shelly went through this whole gosh. thing where they're like, we already identify, you don't need to, like, all the proper channels. Well, this goes back to the characters, too. Like, all the proper channels. Whereas yeah. Beth's like, I'm used to the back door. Just I'm gonna bust kick it in, yeah. walk through. I know exactly where the autopsy room is because clearly I've been here before. And now I'm going in and confronting. She bursts into mm-hmm. the morgue. Yeah, in a in a New York City yeah. hospital. <laughs> she knew. I mean, she knew right where to go. Yeah, it's not her first time. No, 
So, okay, so this is where we find out that it's not actually Michael's body, and the way that they discover it is penis, mole, yeah. uh, appendix scar. Appendix scar. So I love how they introduce this scene. It's just a funny way to shoot it when you get the shot of the door and just the audio of them meeting each other and figuring it out. Oh, because you're outside the door. They yeah, are outside the door. They're behind it, and yeah. the, this conversation is very funny. Um, I feel like just... The okay, like I said, this is pre OJ, so no DNA is required, no dental records. They found literally, they say in this movie, they found his wallet. That's all they didn't get burned up. Yeah, um, it is a decoy body because Michael Santos lived, and the way that they know is that the dick on the dead body is too small, right. First recognition, and then they went a little further into detail. But yeah. yes, it was. But like a bug fucker. It's a bug. The bu- pencil. It's a fucking pencil. Yeah. But they could. It couldn't have been like this. Dick's uncut. Like a little bit more concrete. Yeah. No, they were going you know, for the gusto. Yeah. They were like, this dude had the it's biggest dick small. I've ever had yeah. in my goddamn life, and that yeah. is not it. I mean, I conservatively think. Peter Coyote's probably seven inches. Seven. <laughs> just based on his height just, and his gait. I don't know. <laughs> just, just kind of his build. I've never thought about the, the length of Peter Coyote's dick. Well, no, that's not true. I have it based on watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not talking Peter Coyote. He's a bullshit actor. So yeah. his bullshit actor <laughs> penis is like 12 by 8. Like, they just didn't even know what to do with this. It was a fucking traffic cone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he stretched out those sugar walls. Um, but I love that the size of a penis is fully like a plot point on like Wikipedia for on this a, movie. On a corpse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, in a 1987 female-driven movie before Thelma and Louise. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Like, this is one of the first times we've seen, in my recollection... A female buddy comedy. Yeah. That's a female yep. buddy thriller comedy thing. Where, yeah. Right. Yeah. Where they're connected to a dude, and why do they love this dude? Well, Shelly loves him altruistic, altruistically. True. Yeah. Beth loves that dick. Like, <laughs> clearly, this is the best dick she ever had. Yeah, she's all about But it dick. seemed like Shelly had a deeper connection where she actually talked to him and got to learn stuff about him, whereas yeah. Beth's just like, every time she saw him, she's like, just stick it in me. Yeah, true. Um, and then the cops are just like, no, I'm not buying this dick situation that's his body. Fuck you. I mean, it's New York. There's no mob <laughs> connection. There's nothing really to go off of at this yeah. point. So it's like, why are we going to bother? Based off. And they must have said mole or appendix scar first because he yes. said small detail. And then Shelly had to go into that whole exposition about, well, if you would look lower. He's not the kind of guy. Well, then Bet was had to go <laughs> in. Yeah. Shelly was so awkward, <laughs> right? Talking about that penis, yeah. And then Bet had to be like, "Let me lay it out for you." The bug fucker, uh, so good. Needle dick, needle dick. The bug fucker. Oh my god! As I mean, again, as this is like eleven year old. You want to talk about reading? <laughs> you want to talk about reading? The bug does the word. Needle dick mean anything to you? And I fully just watched this on cable, but they had to edit it. Oh yeah, did they really? You knew what they were saying because you were watching. You knew what television. You knew what they were saying though. Yeah, (laughs) you could make out bug fucker. (laughs) What would 
did they censor it or ad lib it? I think they. I don't remember if they did a if they did a dub. They may have. Oh, those dubs are so. I remember the bizarre. good old days of ADR. Yeah, ADR. F bombs, ADR curse words. But it, I feel like there was a certain point in the early '90s where cable channels were just like, "We're just going to mute it," or we're just going to it's yeah. just mute, mute. We're not going to bother with the, right. with the ADR shit anymore because it was too awkward. Um, okay, this is where the movie just takes this crazy turn. Uh, these, when at the morgue because it feels like two it, turns, they it make, turns into a caper they make a conscious choice well it doesn't turn into a caper yet because then they're like he loves one of us better so yeah. he's not dead clearly he's yeah. at one of our apartments yeah, yeah then they decide to go to the apartments the one is being completely ransacked at that moment and I, so I always laugh when they go into they've been here too Shelly Long's apartment and she's <laughs> just like it's just it's just burglars. Oh, yeah. And this is, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just burglars. Did she say burglars? Uh, Bet does. Did she say robbers or burglars? No, I yeah. think she said burglars. It's, it's only, it's only burglars. It's only burglars. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a, such a 80s New York delivery. She's just so jaded. She's just like, oh, calm down. Because they're in the apartment when they get there. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just. And then chase them down the hall and they have to do that whole like Manhattan run through everything so easy. Oh my God. To navigate New York rooftops and fire escapes and you can just jump into another building. This fire escape like caper. It turns into the Matrix at this point. They're just like jumping from building to building. (laughs) But okay. And this is where we get introduced to the CIA. But we don't know at this point. But we don't know because the CIA never identifies themselves to these civilians that they are chasing and pointing guns at. But, so they do wrap that up. This movie's really good about at least tying up loose ends where people would be like, I call bullshit. Yeah. So they said, because uh, the dude that was in his class. um, Oh, yeah. Harold Heyman. Weldon. Weldon. because he's like, they're innocent. He's like, how do we know? Yeah. Like, they're working there with, like, a commie and blah, blah, blah. And, like, so we don't know. Like, why would we announce ourselves to them? Oh, yeah. So. Because they think that they're working with Michael. Right. Yeah. So this is. Yeah. At least the movie does tie up stuff. Like, it would be, sure. like, at the end, whenever she does her pirouette over to the other thing. <laughs> we've already set that up. So yeah. at least this movie's very good of. Foreshadowing, True. setting shit up so people aren't going looking back and going like, "What?" Yeah, you but set something up and then you pay you it pay off. Pay it off, right? In the yeah. script, and yeah. this is very much set up, payoff, set yeah. up, payoff for sure. For just this light comedy, there's there's a lot going on in the scripts. There is, and it's so like, much. and then it turns into that they quite literally save the world yeah. in the script. <laughs> well, at least that's a thousand like, square that's miles. That's one of the bananas things in this movie that I kind of forget about. That they quite literally save the world from all of the plants and animals and dying. Like, I kind of feel like a thousand square miles is pretty much North America, or at least the United, the continental no, United well, States. No, it was, it was is it two thousand like, miles from one point to the other. I think it's a little longer than that. Longer than okay. highways. I don't know square yeah, miles, right, yeah, highways. Yeah. It takes a little as longer. A, as a crow flies. Right? <laughs> um, but in Albuquerque, that would definitely take care of oh, yeah. the Midwest the, states. Like there the was our Coast. corn, yeah. our potatoes, our almost, yeah. almost all of our agriculture. So the MacGuffin of this movie is this <laughs> vile, 
that's like a terrorist made it's echo- called neurotoxin weapon yeah that once you spread it out into the air it destroys all of the plants the vegetation the yes. vegetation yeah. And then it's like a whole chain reaction. Well, that's where it turns into this, like, Kurt Vonnegut sci-fi thing, where it's like, any vegetation it touches, and then any vegetation that touches, and so forth and so Which forth. Which then means the animals will die, and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So it would be this giant chain reaction. It wasn't like 12 Monkeys, where it was like a neurotoxin that's going to, like, kill off most of the, the population, and then right. they go underground. Right. But it would be a chain, five-year chain reaction of... Vegetative death to animal death to starvation to cannibalism. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot at, sta- at stake in this movie. So and Michael Sanders is going to sell this to the Soviets? No, because he double-crossed the Soviets. So who is oh, he selling geez. it to? Who even knows? We don't even know. Going. And then yeah. let's talk about that. Like the mysterious army he gets, or at least his, his bullies at the end. He gets goons. Where it's like, point. where did you get these goons? Yeah. <laughs> You double-crossed everyone you worked with, and now all of a sudden you have a militia in New Mexico that you're still going to sell this toxin off to. But the highest bidder? Who is that? Maybe. Maybe it's Dr. Evil style. He was one of our best. Very high clearance, access to everything. And then we began to suspect that he was a double agent working for Karzanovsky. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Korzanowski, our teacher? Our teacher, and I'm sorry to tell you, a key undercover man for the Russians. Oh, please. The man has a reputation. He was the definitive leader. He is the definitive KGB. That's why I was in that class. I was supposed to keep an eye on him, see if he and Santos were in contact. And they were? We still don't know how. I never saw them come within a mile of each other. But somehow, Korzanowski hired him. What did Michael do? He stole the prototype of an experimental virus. It's called fluorotoxin. It's uh, an airborne defoliant. A few drops destroys all vegetation for hundreds and hundreds of square miles. Like grass and trees and then the, and the whole shop? As in California. Oh, my God. As in the entire wheat belt. He would do that? All he has to do is spill a couple of drops, and the wind will do the rest. And is it just one of those things that just audiences that showed up to this movie in, like, your mall multiplex? Yeah. Like, they weren't really thinking all all that hard about this movie. You're not digging that deep. Like, you showed up because you were a big fan of Diane from Cheers. Diane Chambers. And you were just, you were a big Rose fan. Yeah. With yeah, that's the thing. Did I mean? So Beth Midler's acting career. Let's do a little quick deep dive. Well, by this point, we had Gypsy Rose. Yeah, we've had. I'm pretty sure Ruthless People, Down and Out. I, I don't know. I think those I were. I feel like those were all before '87. Shit. Yeah, maybe one of at least one of them was because I feel like from. The Rose, like, it took a good couple of years. Down, down and Out in Beverly Hills and Ruthless People were, bo- were both 86. Yeah, and there. then this came out wow. in 87. Wow. And then she followed this with Big Beaches. Business. Oh, Big Business. And, then, and, and Oliver and Company and Beaches oh, God, in 88. Oh. So, I mean, these are all Disney movies. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 
or like Disney owned sure. studios. But Beaches is what got her to for the boys and oh, all yes. that more yeah. serious Yeah. Prestige kind of like right. and also singing and, and Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean Bette Miller really didn't come into her own being the movie star that we love Bet until the late eighties. Well, even musically, like yeah. mm-hmm. I think until Beaches and did you ever know when Beneath My Wings, um, when that happened, it was yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. like suddenly we yeah. had this bad explosion. I, I bet you a lot of people, which is why we probably have problems like putting an order to the movies, is because I think then everybody retroactively went back and was like, oh. Now we're looking at this person. Yeah. So, sure. which would make sense why Shelley's getting the top billing. And, yes. like, in other movies, yeah. they're, I'm sure, getting top billing above Bet Because, looking back, like, yeah, she was clearly stars of these. Yeah. But at that time, I don't think she was the star of those vehicles. Yeah. Or those movies. Because two years later, we get big business with her and... Uh, Lily Tomlin, who is like way more established at this point in yeah. her career, had you know Lily Tomlin had been around since. I mean, Beth's been around since the seventies, but Lily Tomlin was a little bit more on people's mainstream. radar, yeah, mainstream, yeah. exactly. And Beth Midler's definitely the star. You know, this is a star vehicle for her. At you know, well, then I wonder, talking to gays at the time, if oh if God. they weren't. I mean, I'm sure Bet was on their radar. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And if, if she wasn't, just watch this fucking movie. <laughs> well, I think I think Gypsy Rose probably yeah. like solidified, like clearly I was too, all of us were, well, you were born born. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're too young to even have any of that experience, but yeah. I think the gays at the time were probably like, who is this woman? Like, mm-hmm. she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, Telling the story of Gypsy Rose, like, yeah. well, can you even like compare what kind of a music musical artist is she at this point? You know, in the seventies when she comes on the scene, like, yeah. what is she doing? That's like you can't even say like, oh, well, she's like this person. It's very no, and I think throughout it's very Broadway. Like I yeah. could she's think of all of theatrical. her. Yes, yeah. any of her songs seem like it should be in a musical, yeah. even if it's not. Yeah. And also, I think that just sort of, there hadn't been a lot of leading ladies like Bette Midler. Because she's not attractive in the... Convention. In the conventional right. sense. Like, although she's a very beautiful woman, she's not what you picture the type of woman that leads a movie. So but I think that... Barbara. So she yes. had modern-day Barbara. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and also... Uh, uh, Big Business was originally offered and written for Barbara Streisand. Oh, interesting. Too. That is insane to me. Every time I hear it, yeah. I'm just like, what? So, she was kind of picking up the scraps after Barbara. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, there's just something very endearing and powerful about watching Bette Midler at this time. Just because you really can't compare her to anything. Mm-mm. Yeah, um... And then we have Shelly. <laughs> well, and also we kind of forget that Shelly Long did have a pretty big movie career in the 80s. She was yeah. in Irreconcilable Differences. Irreconcilable Differences. I forget about that movie. That was a pretty big deal. 
Chloe, Chloe again that you mentioned. Chloe Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem with Shelley, though, is... While I've enjoyed her in every film I've watched her in, I would say her only, and it's not a huge difference by any means, her true divergence from every character she's ever done was maybe True Beverly Hills, and that was yeah. just by a smidgen. They're yeah. all sort of a Agreed. version of, yeah. of her and Cheers. Of yeah. Diane Chambers. She was yeah. pretty much the same person all the way through. I mean, she was the lead of the most watched sitcom yeah. in America at the time. Like, the Cheers numbers were insane. And, and TV shows never get shit like that now. Right. And she was the lead of it. And the movies, I mean, they work. Yeah. I find them still to this day enjoyable. I, I mean, we've covered True Beverly Hills on this podcast, and she yeah. is so charming in that movie. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. yeah. She carries It's it. Shelley Long's movie. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of the bummer thing is about True Beverly Hills is that they didn't do that well. No, yeah. So it's just sort of... True Beverly Hills is a hard yeah. sell, because it's like, is it a kid's movie? Is it an adult movie? And seeing it as a kid, I yeah. think that it definitely was a kid's movie. Yes. But I think that a lot of people shied away from it. Yeah. Because at this point, we knew Shelly as yep. Hello Again. We knew yep. Shelly as uh, Bunny Pig. Bunny Pig, Like, yeah. it was very... Ad- not adult films, but... But, yeah. Adult theme where kids will be like, this is boring as shit. Exactly, yeah. So... And it's unfortunate because True Beverly Hills is, is is funny. Yes, it's got Rosario from uh, Will and Grace. Yes, yeah. which all, which Outrageous uh, Fortune has a, a Will and Grace tie-in as well because the exteriors are, are Grace's uh, Grace Adler designs. Grace yeah. Adler's designs. Or wait, yeah. is or is it Will's office? No, I think it's Grace it's, Adler's. I think well, it's in the movie. Yeah. It's when they introduce her in the fencing. In class. the fencing, yeah. right? In the fencing first and stage. And that's Grace Adler's. And it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's Grace. The building that Grace's offices are in. And we have to briefly mention another movie that we've done is the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, yeah. It's oh, a really good Carol Shelley. Brady. Yeah, she is. So that would be yeah. the one time that I think Shelley's very divergent from yes, Shelley. Yes, yes. And sure. I feel like a lot of actors should do character acting. For sure. And yeah. a lot of them don't. Yeah. I feel like if you get to a certain status, quote-unquote, as a movie star or whatever, people are afraid to do character work. You think you would do it more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Like, let's face it, uh, Meryl Streep was stuck in the same yeah. character for a while. Well, it's, it's sort of what happened, what's happening to the careers of Colin Farrell and Jude Lawnell. Is that sure. they're, sort they're, of, more they're sort of going the character actor yeah. supporting route now. Yeah. And they're taking less leads. I mean... I'm okay with that. Because this is the problem. When you grow up beautiful and then suddenly, like, you're not... <laughs> You better have something yeah. to rest on when this is all said and done. Yeah, you're you're you have to have the talent to back up right? your face that, that carried you. <laughs> but yeah, the Brady Bunch movie, she's doing really good work because we talked about it in that episode. She's doing a version of Florence Henderson. She's doing her. Carol. Yeah. Not Florence Henderson's Carol. It's kind of an... It's, it's an elevated Carol. It's an it's elevated a, Carol, it's and a, it's Shelley's yeah, Carol. it's a caricature, yeah. And but she works. does full key moments, yeah. She does. She's like, oh, yeah. my. There's, there's moments where if she you studied. just listen to it, it's her. If you right. just watch a facial thing, it's her. So she definitely did the work, and she put in... Yeah, she put in the work. But, um... 
yeah, character work is it's it's interesting that I'll, you're right. A lot of actors don't really go that well route. because I do tell a lot of my actresses <laughs> I work with now. It's like stop relying on twenty years ago. Yeah, like you need to start doing role and doing like serious, like step out of your boundary roles. Yeah, people love that too. People, I feel like yeah. audiences love seeing somebody. If you're used to seeing them one way. If Meryl would have showed up as She-Devil Meryl for fucking Devil Wears Prada, it would have been a huge mess. No. She showed up completely different on Meryl we've never goddamn seen before. Yeah. And is brilliant. Yes. I mean, okay, so going back to Arroyo's Fortune, I think one of the things about this movie that really holds up is that it's still just really fucking hilarious. It's funny. It has really good jokes in it. Yeah. Yeah, there's funny and, stuff. And there's not a lot of... I was trying to look for a high a high convolutant word, like <laughs> anachoristic or whatever the fucking word is. Anachronism. There's not... Yeah, there's not a lot in it that seem... It, it's kind of timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's not... not other than, dated. like, smoking in an airport or doing, like, you know, pay phones... It doesn't feel like a dated yeah. movie. Except, yeah. except when Bette Midler has to go and hold the plane. I mean, there's there the is stuff t- like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like TSA situation. Like, movie. calling up the phone company and, like, getting Howie, the same person, over and over. <laughs> Get it. But other than yeah, that, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you can no, yeah. separate some of that stuff, it it's kind of timeless. Yeah, and it's one of those right. things that I don't even, like, do you think this was seen as a risk from Touchstone? That you're doing because it's a female, a female driven comedy yeah, starring sure. two women. Yeah, yeah, but it just sort of it just sort of takes it in strides. Yeah, it's just it kind of tackles that like it's not really that's not what they had in mind when doing it. Yeah, like they just wanted to make this really fun movie starring these two. Yeah, one well, hilarious broads. Think of another two female-led driven movie at that time, or even preceding that. Yeah. Like, the movies that come immediately to my mind that would be of similar genre is, like, Romancing the Stone. Yeah. You had Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Like, it's always boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Because, okay, because to me, it's like, I, I take this and I take big business kind of hand in hand. And big business, while it has two powerhouse female comedians in the lead outrageous fortune is like kind of an epic movie because it's got like set it's, pieces it's scope and, is wide this, yeah. yeah it goes from they travel the continent manhattan to the, you know the southwest and like all this crazy stuff helicopters and yeah. you like, know it's, explosions it's one, those, it's one of those scripts that this you can is, see that like an executive first reads a draft yeah and they're just like okay this is a really good idea yeah and a script but you really need to pull back mm-hmm. and it's like they didn't pull back from yeah what or Leslie what if they originally did. said, yeah. what if this is the toned down yeah, version, exactly. right? What, yeah. 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 what if they, like, ended up in, like, Russia? Yeah. Right? Or Spies like, like Us. I would love to see Shelley Long and Bette Midler in Spies Like Us. And, like, Babushka's... Well, they almost did that scene in the yeah. airport. Um, oh, Papa. Or, or, you know, on, like, Mount Rushmore or something. You know, like, some crazy... After, like, North by Northwest some ending. Some crazy set piece on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, you know... Um, yeah, because 
like I said, big business, while it has the two female comics, it's very set bounds to the Plaza Hotel and, Mm -hmm. you know, the office sets and all and that. And Jupiter Hollow. And Jupiter Hollow. Well, well, that's well, true. Hello, Jupiter Jupiter Hollow. Hello, Jupiter Hollow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this movie just had, like I said, yeah, it's got ex- explosions and chases and all that. It's 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 a big movie. It's not the type of movie that gets made anymore, or when they do make it, yeah. it's a movie like The Spy Who Dumped Me, yeah. which I didn't hate. I like The Spy Who Dumped Me. Mm-hmm. It was kind of in the spirit of Outrageous Fortune. Sure. But nobody showed up to it, though. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, that's because we watched all the other ones with, like, Melissa McCarthy or whatnot that was just, like... Spy. All of them. Like, yeah. They looked so good in the trailer, and then you watch them. And I think that's the fun of some of these the older jokes. movies yeah. is they do at least seem well-conceived and thought out and timed well. And except yeah. for me blanking on, you know, <laughs> 30 minutes of the latter half of the movie. But... Nowadays, just like we have to do one scenario to another, it's very bridesmaid model now, yes. which works for bridesmaids, yeah. but does not work for every film yeah, that they're yeah. trying to do that in. Um, I mean, how do you wrap up Outrageous Fortune? There's, uh, I feel like they're just the type of women that little gay boys love. The scenes in this, like, old West brothel. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even know what to do with that. Them dressing up as young boys. Well, that was... The, yeah. the intention was that they were dressing up as men. men. And the madam... And they're, just, and they're just passed off as young boys by the man. <laughs> Who you think you're kidding, huh? How old are you boys? Thirteen? Fourteen? Hell, you're just babies. Why, you can't even shave yet. Your daddy know you're here. Hell yes, he told us where to come. Come, get it? Oh, first time. Oh, no way. It's his first time. What'd you tell him that for? You chicken chicken. I ain't, I done it plenty. Y'all must tell my secrets, I'm gonna get you. Chicken chicken. Oh, Lordy, don't do that. That ain't no way to act in a whorehouse. Be a man. Be a man. This is Tina and Maria. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, now tell me how we're going to get it up. Well, maybe they didn't have full fucking lashes on and like rimmed eyeliner and everything with a penciled on mustache. Which, where did they get this pencil for this mustache? All we've seen this entire movie, we didn't even see lipstick reapplication. No. We saw powdering of the nose. Yeah. She's got a. That was the extent I mean, it was of a, the makeup. I mean, they were it was wearing. a long. It was a long plane ride. Maybe. Uh, and they and they had been wandering in the in the southwest. But that leads me to believe that George Carlin had some I was eyeliner. Say, maybe George Carlin yeah. had some kind of a. Uh, you know, he did have that funky fresh like blouse, that yellow blouse that yeah. that put on. He could have had just some kind of a brow pencil, you know, somewhere. Yeah, because the the idea is they're going to infiltrate this. Ho house, and they put on men's clothes, and they're in full beauty makeup with just like a, a little Richard John Waters. It's mustache. so good though. It's it is really good. It's it's fucking funny. 
but the the 1860s like old yeah. west it's like all of a sudden we're in like an episode of Westworld yes it is very Back to the Future 3 and she's just like you think she caught them and she's like you three how old are you 13 and that's when they're just like yes and that's again where they're acting you know classes pay off and all that they're good at improv improv they're good at improv which Korzanowski never really talked about improvisation it was all diphthong. It was all diphthong and dying. Diphthongs and death scenes. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, as any actor worth their salt, you know, they knew how to yes and their asses out of the situation. Because they, they, they said, okay, she thinks we're teenagers. Yes, we are young boys. And we're going we're gonna to get into this brothel. And she gives them to women. These women yeah. are like, we are gonna fuck these. We're gonna fuck these these thirteen year olds. <laughs> and they ditched these girls really. They totally did. They like did really so they... fast. <laughs> and oh, and again, the setup of of uh, oh god of Michael's oh god yeah. fucking because there's he's some... gonna be asleep in three two one yeah to, and again as a kid watching this going all right I guess just fall asleep after you after you bone alright I mean that's a thing three seconds later who am I some people maybe they do yeah <laughs> anything else that we left out oh my god I could talk about the whorehouse scene like all night long but um I don't know Outrageous Fortune is just yeah Shelly there's something about Shelly and Bet together I think they have chemistry yeah it's 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 there whether that came from the two of them not really getting along that well, who knows? And maybe it just helped them with it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, at the end, it's believable that they love each other. Yes. Or, you know, at least respect and are like yes. best of friends and blah, blah, blah. When so they, it's like... Yeah. When they fully decide, okay, this is, we're friends now, even though we're so different. Yeah. I get it. I buy it. I buy it. I love it. I always forget about... Lauren actually playing Hamlet on stage. Yeah, it's how they it's the little button that they put on the end of the movie I yeah. will play Hamlet. And this crazy curtain call. Everybody's invited. Which is funny because I Everybody's always invited forget. This. They flew out George Carlin and oh, all yeah. of his native pals. They should have they should have invited the the like TSA agent that like I would have oh, loved to see a TSA Eastern Airlines. This woman risked her job right. to like, get them on this floor. What did she say to him? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> this. <laughs> Which is like, this story, this is the <laughs> biggest piece of. This is the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah. Working for this airline for 30 years. Yeah. That was the single biggest crock. I've ever had the privilege to hear in my 19 years at this airline. I think that deserves something. That yeah. deserves a little something. That yeah. deserves a little something. They should have brought her to go see, you know, Lady Hamlet. I mean, they can get her later in the run. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what was that? Do we officially both all agree that she was Ophelia? I think she was Ophelia. She had the flowers and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that woman in red was probably <laughs> the queen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is funny because Shelly had the Ophelia scene at the beginning. This is true. That was her her audition. Yeah. That was her audition for Coors. 
was Ophelia's mad scene. And they expanded Bette Midler's character knowledge of Shakespeare because she really didn't. That's true. She really didn't know about Shakespeare until the end of the movie. That's true. And she was up there with her at the very end. Took her under her wing. Yep. So that was her arc. I love it. Oh, man. This was crazy. Thanks for coming on thank our show. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Do you have, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up El Rey's fortune? <laughs> final thoughts. Always look at someone's dick if you have to identify the body. There this is you very go. true. Make yeah. sure if any yeah. moles on yeah, or appendix scars, on like, sex partners. Be very thorough because apparently tattoos were very verboten back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And piercings, like both were called out on bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so, yeah. yeah yeah wow know that dick know that dick know that dick yeah final thoughts know that dick mm-hmm. I love it well thank you so much for coming on our show this was awesome uh, listeners we would love it if you would uh, continue to listen to our show each week thank you for listening we'd love it if you would rate and review our show give us five stars give us five stars subscribe to us on iTunes and check us out on social media Greg do you want to shout out your socials to anybody maybe you're always doing some fun makeup stuff (laughs) I mean you don't have to if you don't want to during the COVID it's a little difficult sure Um, but I try to find where I can Um, because you're a makeup artist I am yeah you do like you do like movie makeup, yeah. but like movie makeup, yeah. <laughs> like the kind of makeup that like you would just dream that you would be doing, like <laughs> making, movies. like. And I did. I grew up on Pangoria. Yeah, like, that was my jam. Which is funny because now I hate blood and gore. But <laughs> back then, starting out, yeah, I freaking loved yeah. it. Um, and here we are. Here we are. Um, oh, but yeah, at G Liner M U A. But you can also. Find me because I follow obviously movies that made us gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, awesome! So well, much fun. Yeah, definitely. Listeners, you can find us on social media. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay on Facebook and Instagram, and MTMUG Pod on Twitter. On Twitter, yes. And if you would like to find us individually on Instagram, I am at Peter Lasagna, and I'm at Scott Youngballer. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.